Reed's Ranch is proud to partner with Marcos Garza and the Garza Law Firm. Halloween weekend coming at you. Be careful out there. But if you find yourself needing legal representation, do the smart thing. Call Marcos Garza, 865-540-8300. He is East Tennessee's premier DUI defense lawyer. Handles criminal defense and personal injury as well. You can look it up online, GarzaLaw.com. You'll have somebody to chat with and get you the help you need. Or, again, you can call them, 865-540-8300. Someone will answer your calls 24-7, 365. Before you say guilty, say Garza. Let's get to the episode. I mean, this is the last stand. You're listening to The Unfiltered. Well, I hate to say I told you so. There's nothing to be done besides to get on Twitter and tweet to all my dumbass followers. But I told you so. Hey, I told you so. The controversial. He's a dumbass. He can't do math. He's an idiot. He gets his hair cut at Walmart. Look at that shitty hair. The realest podcast in the Southeast. Let the dogs loose. Let the goons be goons. 11 in a row. 11 in a row. 11 in a row. Enough. <laughs> 38 in a row. As in 38 on the point when we were whipping that ass. Ranch gang, stand up. The holy war is upon us. Welcome to Reed's Ranch, the podcast with Seth Hughes. Like, just quit acting like this is any fun at all. Another edition of Reed's Ranch. It's Wednesday. It's October 27th. It's our spooky edition. Seth Hughes joins me down in Alabama. What's up, Seth? Not much, John. Happy to hear your voice. Happy to be here. Love hearing from you. Love hearing from you. I'm I'm fighting through pain in this one. My back hurts, my chest hurts, but I'm gonna tough it out for the people and for you because you put me in a good mood. Thank you. How do you feel in down in Alabama? I know Alabama week's your least favorite week of the year. How did you feel this week so far? Uh I mean the thing that sucked the most about the game to me is that it's not even about the Alabama game. I don't even know if I can articulate it. It's like the, 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 just losing the Ole Miss and Pittsburgh game. It's like you were never going to beat Alabama in a million years, and then you just go out there and you play with them. You're down seven in the fourth quarter. You end up losing badly, and you're sitting here at four and four, and you could have easily been six and two. It's just like it, it, it hammered home for me how much losing to Ole Miss sucked. And how much not starting hooker against Pitt sucked because even sitting here at five and three, everyone would feel so much better. Um, so I, I just get sad about those two games. I mean, as far as like the game Saturday, like, uh, we played well, obviously. I mean, again, the defense is having to play too many plays, but. You know, defense special teams force some turnovers. An- another nice pump block. Um, a nice strip. Like, they just had to play too many plays. I mean, our safeties are our, our safeties and our linebackers are what they are. Like, our defense is obviously, this goes without saying, much improved. They tackle better. The scheme is better. They play better. They do everything better. But at the end of the day, our linebackers and our safeties are who they are, and they get taken advantage of. And I don't know what you can do about it except get better players. 
Yeah, shout out to brother Tim Banks. He has really been good so far this year, and it's going to hurt when he gets hired to be Penn State's head coach next this offseason. So it'll be a big loss. I mean, they are cornerbacks really shut down Alabama's wide receivers. Like, I mean, uh, you know, I had one of my best friends text me. He said, you know, apparently our wide receivers just can't get open. I mean, I think Taylor and Burrell and Theo Jackson played really well, but our safeties are what they are and our linebackers are what they are. And I guess Jawan Mitchell just decided he didn't want to play football anymore. And so we got stuck with Aaron Beasley, Jeremy Banks, and Solon Page. And we've done the best we could with it. And we've been pretty solid, and we didn't lose that game because of the defense. I mean, I thought it was another kind of game offensively where we hit some big plays, but still couldn't like put any actual drives together. Which maybe if that's just maybe that's what our reality is going to be with with Heupel in some of these games is just boomer bust. Yeah, I mean, I thought like when we blocked the punt, you know that that three play drive Hooker where Hooker just lost his mind and missed Warren on the first down. And then on the third down, I really liked the play call. He had Evans wide-ass open on the rollout. Evans, like, begging for the ball. And he just doesn't throw it to him, and, and we don't get the first down. We have to kick the field goal. I mean, you just really can't do that. You just can't kick field goals. And I don't even blame – it's not that I even blame him for taking the field goal there. What I blame him for is punting on fourth down. Yeah, I was shocked that I tweeted that out and got some resistance from people. Like, I'm just like, is it just – is it just like any critique of, uh, of of Josh Heupel just means like we're bashing him? Because I think anybody who listens to this podcast knows that you and I both like Josh Heupel. I love Josh Heupel. He's an awesome dude. He's very likable. I think he's done a pretty good job as a coach too as well, like to be on top of being a, a very likable guy and somebody that really seems to enjoy being at Tennessee. Like he is very easy to root for and I want him to do well here. But that doesn't mean that like we can't criticize anything. And that fourth, fourth and one punt – was cowardice and it really really bothered me and that's you know that's the third time or second time at least he's done it this year like where he's had a fourth down he should, probably should have went for and he just has chosen not to and it's it's frustrating for an offensive coach to do that and then you know a lot of people are like well we can't get fourth and short we don't have the plays we can't get short yardage then just call a regular yardage play because you're you know just call one of those then if you can't get one yard how about aim for six or seven and just try your yeah, luck yeah how about just how about you know? Here's a good idea. Throw to Cedric Tillman. How about that? That's what we should have done Saturday night. If you don't think you can bow up and get a yard against Alabama, there's no shame in that because you're playing Dane Davis at right tackle. Okay. How about you throw to Cedric Tillman? Alabama couldn't stop Ced, so why not just throw to him? I just. Like, I was stunned that we punted because the third down play seemed to suggest we were definitely going for it on fourth down. Well, we did the same thing against Florida at the beginning of the fourth quarter. I don't know if you remember that. You know, we ran the we ran the ball, I believe, on like third and seven to get it to get it to fourth and one or fourth and two and did the same shit where we act like we're gonna go for it and then take a delay of game and punt. Oh, can't take it can't go for it now. We have to we we have a delay of game. Sorry guys, and we punt. It's the second time he's done that against, you know, against two of your better opponents. I, I was, like, I was blown away that we punted that ball. Now, I, I just, I, I just, I can't. I was blown away by it because, like, yeah, our, like, 
the thing is, is that we were in that game, okay? But Alabama was, like everyone knew eventually Alabama was going to put together a drive where they didn't turn it over and score. Like, we weren't going to keep holding them to punts. You know, they were going to score another touchdown. And so, like, you're down seven, but you have to coach that game like you're down 14 to me. Because, like, you know that as hard as your defense plays and as good as they have been, like, they're still, they are what they are, and Alabama is what they are. And so you really needed to coach it like you were down 14. So go for it. Like, nobody's going to be mad if you don't get it, dude. The thing was, he then turned around, and it wasn't like, you know, sometimes these coaches don't go for fourth downs because they don't want to get blown out. But then he turned around and went for like a fourth and seven on the 30, you know, that led to Tennessee not covering the spread when they were down 21, and then they punched in that late touchdown, which I didn't have a problem with. Okay, I had turned it off. Yeah, yeah, which that's fine. I was at a bar watching it. But no one had a problem with that, with going for it then because, you know, I guess unless you bet on it. But, like, so it wasn't like he was trying to protect the final score and keep it respectable. It's just that I guess he trusted the defense too much. You say treat it like you're down 14. Whenever I play teams like that, I just think of it like tennis, man. You, gotta, you just got to hold serve. You just got to hold serve. Like, if, if you are tied, then sure, like, you maybe can punt that. You don't have to play like you're down 14. But you're not going to keep stopping them. They're going – if you let them break your serve in that situation, the game's over. And that's exactly what happened. Tennessee never got the ball back down one score again. It was over. You punted. They scored. You scored. They scored. They stopped you. They scored. They stopped you. And they scored. Like, I mean, that's, it was the end of the game. And then you end up still getting beat, beaten by 28 points. Like, other than that, you know – I didn't like the 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 three the the field goal was bad and the, like the last three drives I remember thinking this at the time and I can't even remember what exactly happened now because like I've I've snapped and cleared but like I remember thinking that the last three drives of the first half were bad but overall it was like eventually somebody was going to stop us running we weren't going to have 150 yards rushing or whatever, like, especially not with this offensive line. And Alabama did, and okay, whatever. It was going to happen. Like, I thought Hinton Hooker was really good. It was obviously a mix-up on the interception, whatever, is the first one since Pitt, and then you had the three and out where he missed Evans and Warren. But overall, I thought Hinton Hooker, again, was very good. And, like, I don't really have a huge problem with the offense. Like, Alabama's just flat out better than Tennessee. I mean... It is what it is. It's the same story it's been for, what, the last 12, 13 years? I mean, they're a lot better than Tennessee. They're going to keep being a lot better than Tennessee, and it's going to take just, like, every possible thing coming together to actually beat them until the talent level isn't at such a disparity. At any point, did you think Tennessee was going to win the game on Saturday? No. At any point, did you think, like, you had a chance to win the game? No, because I didn't think at the end of the day when it really came down to it that we would be able to stop them. Even as we repeatedly stopped them to open up the second half, and they kept punting to open up the second half, at the end of the day, I thought that when it came down to it, they were just going to outlast us because like the they had run so many more offensive plays than we had. Sure. I, I, I saw the scenario that it basically was going to have to be where Again, we just hold serve. When we were down seven in late in the second half, or at least you know midway through the second half, late third quarter, before we punted, 
you know, I saw where maybe we could just score and keep pace and then maybe steal one at the end by going for two with like 10 seconds left or something crazy like that. Like, that was the only scenario, but I did allow myself to get excited, which also allowed myself to get frustrated, which testament to the team because, you know, I didn't see that before the year or after Pittsburgh that I would be upset at any point in October. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, yeah, it's good and bad, I guess, but. I mean, they've gotten a lot better. I don't think anybody. What made me mad Saturday night, what really made me red, was punting on fourth down and the referee cracking a smile, the referee smirking as he announced that the call stood on the fumble at the goal line, which... I don't even know what the actual call was. I was like seeing red to such an extent that I didn't even hear what the referee said. So I don't even know what the official ruling was on that. If did Bryce Young did they did they rule it that Bryce Young recovered the fumble? I didn't think so. I Because if they did, then why did we review it? I don't think they did. I think that they ruled that he crossed the end zone with the ball, which is what made the, you know, the call is confirmed. Or did you say it was call confirmed or call stand? I, I didn't have the sound on. They they called, They said the call stood, right? Okay, well, then that just means that they couldn't overturn it. So that's a little bit different. Confirmed means that they basically had to, you know, confirmed means they saw it and it's like, yeah, this is right. Stands just means they couldn't really change it because I didn't think there was any scenario where it looked like you could definitively say Tennessee covered recovered the fumble in the end zone. Yeah, so I wasn't even like, I knew that the call was not going to be overturned. What what sent me to the moon was the look on the referee's face. That's what just, and I know, and like, and this is 100% me being a damn redneck. Okay? That's what sent me to the moon. The smirk on his face. Like, I didn't see it. I didn't, I didn't see it. Brizzy said they they confirmed it. Okay, so if they say confirmed, that pretty much means that they were confirming that he crossed the end zone with the ball. Okay. At first, because I don't think they were, you know, I don't think they called it a fumble recovery on the initial call. But again, keep in mind I was drinking and not watching with the sound on. Okay, Brizzy says they 100% confirmed it. I made it a point to know. So, so they confirmed that he crossed the goal line without fumbling, which is obviously utter horseshit. He fumbled the damn football. And it was indisputable. Now, whether or not he recovered it, I don't know, and I don't really care. What sent me over the edge was the look on the referee's face. The big news of the day, if you want to call it that, right before we start recording, Harrison Bailey officially enters the transfer portal. Do you care at all about this news? I do, only in the sense that we really need Joe Milton to stay at Tennessee. (laughs) The rest of the year, at least? Or you mean next year, too? I would like next year, too, yeah. Okay. Uh, I, I am, put me on record. I would rather play the Taven Jackson kid as a true freshman 
Oh, I would in too. In a backup situation, more more so than Joe Milton. So I don't like if Joe Milton. I don't. I don't want him to leave now because you know Hendon Hooker hasn't necessarily had the best health the rest of the year. So I don't want to get down to having to play Gaston or whoever the hell the new third string quarterback is. But yeah, no. Next year, I'd rather roll the dice with freshman Taven Jackson rather than play Joe Milton ever again. Oh, I agree one hundred percent. But next year, in that scenario, that's only two quarterbacks. Well, that's with me assuming Hooker's back as well. But, oh, okay, never mind. Okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah. So, like, I don't want to go into next year with just Hooker and Jackson. Okay. Uh, I would like to have a third quarterback. Um, if I am Josh Heupel, I think that I would probably start blowing the phone up of um, Ty Simpson and Sam Horn. Maybe it's just too late, but, I mean, that's the kid from Georgia that wanted to be of all, right? Like, he grew up a Tennessee fan. He grew up with season tickets. His uncle played for UT. His uncle was a tight end at UT. Yeah, my producer on my radio show is like family friends with them, like, and has been talking about that for three years. Like, maybe it's too late, but I mean, Tennessee's offense has been better than Missouri's this year. And Missouri's baseball team is absolutely horrific. Okay, so he's a baseball player too. Yeah, very good. Okay. So I would, I would, I mean, like, I because I don't know, I, I don't know. I mean, you're not. I don't, you're going to, obviously, they're going to take somebody in the portal. That seems to me like a 100% chance that they take a quarterback in the portal. Yeah, but if you're taking somebody from the portal while Hinn and Hooker's still there, you're probably getting really, really somebody that's not worth a shit. That's what I was going to say, exactly. You're not getting a guy that can play immediately because he knows he's not going to. Yeah. And how many guys that enter the transfer portal as quarterbacks are going to willingly go somewhere where they know they're not going to play. Very few. The only, like, I would say, like, maybe if you're taking somebody from a lower level. Yeah. Agree. I mean, like. Or maybe you bring Brian Maurer back. So, yeah, I mean. Yeah, we're thin at quarterback, and it sucks. Because, like you said, Hooker. I mean, he had a, he he had a season-ending injury at Virginia Tech once, right? Yep. I mean, I think so. He tore his ACL, right? I think so. And then he's been banged up this year as well. Been banged up this year as well. He had to be hospitalized when he had the vid. So he's also apparently the number eight quarterback on. Is it Todd McShay's? Mel Kiper? Mel Kiper's big board? But Todd McShay is back at ESPN though. I saw that this morning. He was just like. He was just, like, on ESPN, just, like, doing his normal job, and, like, nothing had happened, and then... Did they ever announce what happened with him? No. Laura Rutledge was like, thank you, Todd. It's so great to see you back. And I was like, oh, shit. He's back. Did he just get burnt out? Did he have to do a little couple weeks in rehab? Was he having to save his marriage? I don't know. But good to see Brother Todd back. I I do like Brother Todd. Maybe he just wanted to hang out with his family. So, yeah, Mel Kuyper has Hendon Hooker number eight on his draft board, and... Mel, you can shove that up your ass, buddy. Under no circumstances do I want this idea of Hendon Hooker going pro being floated around. It's the last thing I want. It is the absolute last thing that needs to happen, Mel. You need to you need to you need to retract this article. I meant eighteenth. He's the eighteenth ranked quarterback. I thought he had him eighth. Oh no, that's why I want Mel Kuyper to come out with his retraction. Oh, oh yes, yes, yes. Sorry, I was trying to like help Mel, you. Mel, come on, dude, come on. 
Like, we've waited all these years for a good quarterback, and we finally have one, and now you're going to stoke the fire. Of course, it's, a, it's like a historically bad quarterback class. So that's cool, too. Somebody needs to cut a check for an, an NIL deal for Brother Hendon. Like, he can make more money next year as the returning starting quarterback at Tennessee rather than go be the eighth quarterback drafted. Yeah, seriously, where's Larry Pratt? Somebody somebody, get Larry Pratt in touch with Reed's Ranch. Larry is... I don't know where he's at. We love Larry. I, I, I think he's in D.C. I think he's in. I think he's in Washington D.C. I know he's. He got named by Jeremy Pruitt's lawyer, so maybe maybe Larry. Maybe he wants to stick it to uh, everyone and just cut a check. I don't know, or maybe he wants to lay low. I I can't speak for Brother Larry, but please know we love him, and if he wants to come on the podcast, we would be uh, would love to talk to him. Yeah, he just dropped that five million dollar check off to the baseball team. What what a king! He needs to drop a check off to Hen and Hooker and his family. They come to every single game. They probably need the gas money because I'm sure that gets expensive. Help them out, Larry. Getting more and more expensive every day. No kidding. We need to make a switch to an electric car ASAP. Help them out, Larry. And, uh, you know, let's let's make sure Hendon plays his senior season at Tennessee. But, I mean, in reality, I mean, that – should matter if he's on the fence. Like, you would think somebody can get him some damn money because this last offseason, we didn't have any star power, right? Like, we talked about who's the most marketable guy on this team. It was, yep. you know, the, I guess, Cade Mays. But that won't be the case next year. Like, you would think that Hennon Hooker will have some some clout, some cachet in the city, in the state. Yeah, seriously. I mean, he's extremely likable. He's a handsome guy. Like, he's good. Somebody cut a check. Seriously, do the right thing, guys. Somebody step up. That would be pretty funny if he was like, you know what, I'm actually going to try my luck in the professionals. Yeah, it's it would be very Tennessee. It would be so balls. It would it would just be man. It's like we didn't even like Hypo didn't even start this dude, and of course he's going to go pro. I don't like the negative energy. Before we get to patron questions, do you have anything else to say about Tennessee football? Uh, yeah, Darnell Wright had another really good game. Shout out to brother Darnell. He uh, he graded out highest offensive player. This is two weeks in a row, you've given him a shout out. He uh was nearly a he nearly graded out as very good on Pro Football Focus, which I know has its pitfalls and blah blah blah. But like you still, it's still worth something. Darnell Wright's a good SEC left tackle. Let's go. And uh, I think everyone should just sit for a second and think about what I just said and the fact it's true and marvel at it because it is absolutely amazing that it is true. Uh, shout out to Brother Darnell for uh, all the work he's put in becoming a good SEC left tackle, becoming a five-star left tackle. We all have to have insurance. You need an insurance agent you can trust. I assume you trust me if you listen to this podcast. So when I tell you that I think you should trust my friend John Runyon with Farm Bureau in Maryville, you should take that to the bank. John can help take care of your home, auto, your renters, and your life insurance needs. He handles my auto and life insurance right now. And Farm Bureau is a 10-time-in-a-row winner of the J.D. Power Award for highest in customer satisfaction in the Southeast region. I'm a customer. I'm satisfied. I'm not going anywhere. I send my check in every three months to renew. I'm good to go. You can do the same thing. And keep in mind that Farm Bureau is the number one life insurance company in the state of Tennessee. John will take care of you like he takes care of me. Just give him a call at 
865-982-2559. That's 865-982-2559. He'll get you a quote. Tell him John Reed sent you. Let's get to some patron questions. Patreon.com slash Reed's Ranch. Got one new patron. Shout out to our $5 patron, Brad Hornsby. Shout out to uh, Brother Brad Hornsby. We love you and appreciate you. Hopefully he joins the Discord and hangs out. And the game threads have been pretty fun. I know we're off this week, but uh, come on into the community, Brad. We appreciate you. We love you. Let's get to some questions, Seth. Uh, Brother CB, a.k.a. Colts Beat Reporter, who would you prefer as your quarterback next year? Hendon Hooker, Spencer Rattler, or DJ? Who is DJ? That would be the guy from Clemson, I would assume. Oh, yuck. Definitely not him. Uh, Hendon Hooker. Instead of DJ, let's say, uh, is it Quinn... Quinn Ewers, Quinn Yours, who has apparently taken all of his stuff. He has taken all of his Ohio State stuff out of his social media. Yeah, that did seem, I mean, I, I guess it wasn't dumb because he secured the bag, as the as the young men say, by by enrolling early. But, like, didn't it just seem rushed him all of a sudden? Like, like just you went early to be four string at Ohio State? I mean, we, I, I mean, I guess knowing now that C.J. Stroud might win the Heisman and looks like a stud, maybe it looks dumb, but they didn't have an incumbent, and high school football wasn't going to let him make any money in Texas, and he made like seven figures, right? I mean, he got a million-dollar deal, right? I'm sure he made a ton of money, and I'm sure that that justifies it. It just is- I don't think it's weird in that regard. I mean, to get in there and try to maybe win out, maybe get in there, because if he'd have waited – you know, it would be even dumber at this point to still go to Ohio State when C.J. Stroud is established. Yeah. I, I didn't blame him for betting on himself. It's not like he missed anything other than prom, but, you know, everyone always talks about, what about prom? He, I think he's doing okay. Now, I do think he should probably transfer, but, you know, I doubt he looks at Tennessee. But, anyways, back to the quarterback question. Uh, Well. Not D.J. D.J. is awful. He's terrible. Um, my thing about Spencer Rattler is he also looked terrible. And watching him was just painful. And it's not like he's been playing for a bad offensive coach. Yeah. We still think Lincoln Riley's pretty good at managing quarterbacks, right? <laughs> yeah. They put in Caleb Williams, and Caleb Williams just becomes unstoppable against Texas, which is not a good defense. And Spencer Rattler couldn't do anything about, against Texas. Um, Spencer Rattler put up 16 points against West Virginia. I believe they beat West Virginia 16 to 13. Uh, so no on Rattler, definitely no on DJ Ugalele, whatever. Uh, give me Hendon over any of those other two. Uh, the Quinn Ewers thing, that is enticing. There'll be some, I mean, the, the five-star quarterbacks transfer around a lot. I mean, there's, there's studies out there. I can't remember the exact numbers, but we've talked about it before. It's almost like 60% of five-star quarterbacks like transfer, maybe even higher than that, just because the big schools usually take one at least you know once every two years, and it's just there's a lot of quarterbacks out there. Only one can go on the field. Yeah, it's like what you're, yeah, it's like what you're seeing at Georgia. I mean, they've got this one there now. They've got another one coming next year. People are talking about Vandegrift now, you know, being in the portal because you know he's four-string behind. Stetson Bennett, JT Daniels, and Carson Beck. You talked about Sam Horn. You talked about 
uh, old boy from in-state whose name I forgot once he picked Al- wherever he picked. He picked Alabama, right? What was his name again? Yeah, Toss Simpson. Yeah, I forgot about him. But, like, you know, you would think this offseason Tennessee could get in the mix for a big-time quarterback just seeing what the offense has looked like. You would think, like, you could say, okay, maybe I didn't take these guys seriously the last couple years, but, huh, that would be a pretty good place to go play. Now, maybe you get hurt that Hidden Hooker is going to be established and still there, but still. That's what I was going to say, yeah. Yeah. Like, a guy like Quinn Ewers, he's only going to go somewhere where he's going to start. He's probably going to end up at Clemson. Whew. That would be... They have, like, but they have, I mean, they have another five-star quarterback committed now. Yeah, I mean... That's like his... That that is is from Austin, Texas as well, just like yours was. Maybe... Which is crazy to think about. Maybe he ends up at Texas A&M. Hell, I don't know. You know, I mean, it's just like... You would think so. You would think so. What you're saying is right there because all you have to do is you have to sit behind you have to sit behind Hooker for one year, and then you can be the guy. These guys have big egos. These guys have big egos. So who knows? No, I for mean, sure. And if you're yours, I get it because I mean you're the you were the number one player in the country, and I get it. But uh, you would think. Hypo will catch somebody's eye with his offense. I mean, like, it has been good. And even the defense, you know, they look like they've been getting coached pretty well as well. Yeah, you would think that Tennessee would be a prime target for big-time transfers. If you're a big-time transfer and you play middle linebacker on the Division One level, you should look at UT. Same goes for safeties. Next question. Brother West Tennessee Ben? For both, you have just graduated high school. Do you go to college, trade school, or right into the workforce? Is a college degree worth it in today's job market? I mean, I feel like with what you do, Seth, you'd have to go to college, right? Yeah, yeah, I would have to go to college. So, I mean, I I don't want to act like there's no use for college. I mean, I I think that if you're going to college these days, you need to kind of have a plan or be trying to do a, you know, a, a, a lot of work that needs it or that you just have some family money and you want to go have the experience, right? Like, I think that's important to, to get out and learn things and get out to meet people. But I don't think you should go into, like, crippling debt because of it, obviously. Yes. So I would just say it depends on what you want to do. I mean, like... It depends, yeah. I think way, way too many people go to college right now, that's for sure. Um I still would have gone to college because when I was coming out of high school, I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do. I mean, I had an idea. I wanted to do this. Now, maybe I could have just said, hey, I'm just going to go in straight into trying to make content and not worry about college. But, I mean, I think I wanted to experience the partying and all of that as well. Came from a family that could afford to send me. I didn't have to take out a bunch of loans. My family never had anybody graduate from college. So, like, there was a lot of things that made me want to go there. So, I would probably still do it the same way. Yeah, and I think with a lot of jobs that – I think with a lot of jobs, like, having a college degree gets you in the door for an interview, regardless if that degree is in that field or not. You know. Sure. And and that, that, is, that is very helpful. Um, so – Brother Thomas, what moment in sports history or just Tennessee sports history do you think has had the biggest ripple effect, positive or negative? Well, I don't think there's anything been positive. I mean, unless you want to say, like, you know, the uh, 
the missed field goal by you know against Florida in in twenty in nineteen ninety eight or the the stumble and fumble like maybe that leads to a national championship that had a pretty big ripple effect for seven or eight years. I mean, everyone would point to the two thousand one LSU game. That's what that that was my initial answer. Even as a child, it never felt like Tennessee ever was the same. Well, not only that, but obviously you. That led to Nick Saban. Had you were going to go to the yeah, and you were going to go to the national championship game if you win. Yeah, that also led to Nick Saban, right? I mean, that, that, yeah, and it, yeah, yeah, it led to Nick Saban being a monster. Who knows? Maybe he still gets there, even if they lose that game. But that definitely got the ball rolling there. Yeah. Um, Is that the biggest in history? I mean, I don't, I can't go you know far enough back into the archives. You could also say, you know, Peyton Manning getting on the field and. Committing was a pretty big ripple effect for the next, fit, you know, ten years. Yeah, you could years. say Ar- Ar- Archie uh, uh, Cooper, Cooper, Man- Cooper Manning getting hurt and breaking his back or whatever, and Ole Miss getting put on probation. Because Peyton did have, you know, a big, obviously residual effect of what happened at Tennessee. Yeah, people always talk about how Peyton never beat Florida and never blah, blah, blah. all these dudes would not have come to UT if it wasn't for Peyton Manning and how good he made UT. And, like, the games that they won because they had Peyton. Okay, he never beat Florida. He didn't win the national championship. Blah, 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 blah. He won an SEC championship. He's one of the greatest quarterbacks that has ever played. And all these dudes came to UT because of Peyton, because of how good he made them, either expressly because of Peyton or because of how good they were because Peyton Manning was a kick-ass quarterback. So Peyton Manning slander is, like, pure... Like, you have no ridges on your brain. Okay, like, yeah, it sucks to never beat Steve Spurrier. Okay, we've never beaten Florida in my life, period. It is what it is. Beat him a couple of times. So, like, Cooper getting hurt and Ole Miss going on probation was pretty big. Yeah, I mean, it's obviously somewhere, again, if we're not going deep into the archives, it would be somewhere... You know, maybe you could say Fulmer stabbing Majors in the back or whatever. I guess that could also yeah. kind of be one of those. But for good, I would say Manning coming to Tennessee and then playing and being good and also bad. I mean, to me, it, everyone would kind of point to the 2001 LSU game as in the SEC Championship as the beginning of the end. I mean, obviously Kiffin leaving didn't help. Maybe you could say hiring Kiffin was the first mistake. Or letting Fulmer hang around too long was the first mistake. Yeah, letting Fulmer hang around too long was way more of a mistake than hiring Lane Kiffin. Yeah. In my opinion. Because, like, so many things had to happen for Lane Kiffin to leave. And, of course, they happened. But, like, I mean, there were, like, ten things that had to happen for Kiffin to get the USC job. Reading that story that The Athletic did, I know they're canceled, but... That was like talking about how Kiffin left because they couldn't hire Jack Del Rio or Jeff Fisher from the NFL. And then that Mike Riley turned him down to leave Oregon State. He was like, I don't want to leave Oregon State for USC. He turned down like big time. That's not, I think he turned down USC twice. That seems absurd in hindsight. Now, I mean, I know Oregon State was maybe a little bit better back then, but still, it seems absurd. Yeah. So then we get cut. I mean, just like say it was just like an absolute just snowball effect of things had to happen for UT to get screwed over by Lane Kiffin, and it, like it, you know, I mean, 
Like, how many jobs was Lane going to leave Tennessee for? He says that was the only one. Very, very few, even if he's telling a lie there. But that was the one school beyond that there would have been no debate about that he was leaving for. And, of course, that's what happened. So, But, you know, not hiring Fulmer, not firing Fulmer quicker was, was much more. Because you, you, you didn't fire him, you let him hire David Cutcliffe back, who masked mistakes for two years, and then Cutcliffe left again, and then he hired Dave Clawson, and here we are in 2021. The funniest thing is Dave Clawson's good. Yeah, he's good. With the slowest RPO imaginable. That's what's so funny is that Dave Clawson's actually a monster at Wake Forest. Maybe a monster is a little too extreme, but he's got a really good offense. Yeah, I think it's safe to say that like Dave Clawson is a really good coach. He's like seven and zero at Wake yeah. Forest, six and zero at Wake Forest. So I, I just a- think calling him a monster was a little too extreme. I know it's spooky season, but he's not necessarily a monster. But yeah, he's he's undefeated at Wake Forest, and they might have the best team in the ACC. Speaking of spooky season, brother KT would like to know what are your top five movies for spooky season? Do you like scary movies, Seth? They're okay, but I'm not as I'm not a movie aficionado like you. So this is not a question for me to answer. Would well, you like any scary movies? Um, I feel like if I feel like if you have an answer of a scary movie that you like, then the most of the public is also going to like that. I can't think of any off the top of my head that just like jump out though. Because okay. I'm I'm trying to answer for the public, not for me. I do want to know why the new Scream movie is coming out in, like, February. January? Yeah, I don't know about that either. I mean, I, I thought that maybe they would either want to do it on the anniversary, which was a couple months a couple months ago, at the beginning of September. Or I guess the beginning of October was the 25-year anniversary. That would have made sense. Halloween obviously makes sense. Maybe they didn't want to get lost in the shuffle of other Halloween movies. Maybe they want to give more COVID time. I don't know. <laughs> Scream is one of my favorite movies in general. So, I mean, I watch it every Halloween, but I also watch it once, like, every three months anyways. I, I do think watching like the original Halloween is should be in your top five. Man, that seems like a classic, right? I watched yeah, I watched yeah. The Strangers last night before the baseball game just to kind of kill some time. It wasn't as scary for me last night as it was the first time I watched it, but I feel like that's a good one as well. I, always, I think I might have seen this one. You've seen that one? I think. I mean, I, I would imagine. I think about you when I watch it because it's got Liv Tyler in it. I know you love Liv Tyler. I, uh, I have seen this one. Yes. And she was looking good in it. She's a pretty woman, pretty lady. I find myself wondering what happened to her. Like she just, did she just quit acting? Did she realize that just being Steven Tyler's daughter was enough, and she didn't have to do that stuff? Did she marry well? I don't know. Did she lose her love? Did she get a little chubby? It all, it all depends on what you want for spooky season. And if you're asking me my top five scary movies, I feel like that's a different answer. Give me a little couple cheap jump thrills during spooky season. I'm not going to give you an actual list. I don't have a list of five. That's okay. fine. That's I was fine. just, just you're waiting you, on me. I was kind of waiting for you. I was just letting you Yeah, I was just kind of waiting for you to ask the next question. Uh, Brother Taylor M., now that Kenny Pickett is the number one quarterback on Mel Kuyper's big board, can we officially claim Pittsburgh as a good loss? No, we cannot. Tennessee should have won. Kenny Pickett was good then. He's good now. We knew he was good. Tennessee should have won. I mean, the scariest movie I've seen recently is Hereditary. That still scares me. That one's good. 
You should watch that one, Seth. Hereditary. Yeah, you should watch that one. I also went a couple weeks by myself and saw Lamb. Have you seen commercials for it? Lamb? Yeah. It's about this like Icelandic couple. They're her they're sheep farmers. And basically, uh there is a half human, half lamb born on their farm. Okay. And they they don't really discuss it too much during the movie, but like you can obviously tell that they've had a kid that's died. Mm-hmm. So they basically are grieving and they raise a little half human, half lamb baby as their own. And it was pretty spooky. It was eerie. It was chilling. Or uh, unnerving more so than chilling, but it was pretty good. Then I watched the new Halloween movie. It was pretty bad. Don't waste your time on that one. It looks pretty bad. It was just a placeholder. They were just trying to get it set up for the finale. They wanted to do a new trilogy. So, like, the first one I thought was really good a couple years ago. And then this one was basically just a placeholder, a part one. So, it wasn't very good. But, yeah, no, I mean, I also don't think of Pittsburgh as a good loss. Yeah, I don't either. The quarterbacks stink. The quarterbacks stink. And, I mean, you don't have to be on a good team to be the number one quarterback either. So, I mean, like if Malik Willis was still number one and Kenny Pickett was number two, would you go back to feeling worse about it? And I'm surprised that Kenny Pickett's number one because wasn't Matt Corral just like a number like eight overall pick last week? Yeah, it, it it seems like I saw a couple mocks that have him like in the 10 to 15 range. But when I looked at those mocks a couple weeks ago, like Willis, Hal, and Corral were all being drafted before Kenny Pickett. Well, last I checked, like Hal and Rattler, or did you, did you say Rattler? I don't know if you said Rattler, but Hal and whoever else, Willis, weren't in the first round anymore. And I just pretty much saw okay. it was pretty much just Corral. And then uh, maybe I, there was the Nevada quarterback as well, Strong. Yeah, Carson Strong. Yeah, I think he had yeah. maybe moved in the first round, and I still didn't really see Pickett. Or maybe he, had, I guess, was in like the very like late 20s, maybe. So I, I hadn't seen that he had moved up to number one. But that doesn't change how I feel about Pittsburgh. Yeah, it doesn't at all. And I still would have I expected mean, to it. beat them, especially if Hinton Hooker played. Or we got a proper fourth yes. down call, or Josh Heupel challenged the proper fourth down call. I would like to play that game over. Like I, I, I think Kendon Hooker, with experience in this offense, wouldn't have thrown the interception at the end of the game. Yeah, for sure. And our defense is better. Yeah, I mean, our defense didn't play that badly outside of the second quarter. I mean, the second quarter was an abomination. Yeah. yeah. I would give anything to go back and have him challenge that third down call, that third down ruling. You would give anything? Well, not anything. It, it's, it's, you know, a figure of speech. You would pay... $20, maybe. I would pay more than $100? that. $100? Yeah, I'd pay $100. $1,000? I don't know about that. It's for $500? speech. Nah, I don't know. Sounds like $100 is your uh, So you and I give anything as I would give $100. Yeah, I would give $100 for Josh to challenge that spot. Okay. That makes me mad to think about. I man. would, too. I would, too. I'd give $100 for that. Look at us. It's a couple of VFLs over here. Danny White's ears just perked up. Got a couple big boosters over here. Brother Tennessee, a.k.a. Cargo Shorts Lover. <laughs> and he does look good in cargo shorts. So that, there can be no doubt. He's one of the few people I've seen that don't look ridiculous in him. With, with that beard and those, those, those beautiful blue eyes. He does pull it off with the beard and beautiful blue eyes. How good has Mr. October, a.k.a. Big Game Eddie, a.k.a. Eddie Rosario, been 
and general thoughts on our Braves World Series chances. I mean, what can you say about Eddie Rosario? I think did he? I guess he tied the record for most hits in a championship series, and but he was the only one that did it in six games. Yeah, he was the only one that didn't have seven games to do right. it. Uh, Dave Roberts said they tried everything under the sun against Eddie, but nothing worked. They just could not get him out. Should have considered kidnapping him. They didn't try everything under the sun. Apparently, he's never seen Celtic prod. Just kidnap him and don't let him play. The Wayans brothers were in that movie, weren't they? Not both of them. Just and it wasn't. It wasn't the brothers, but there was a Wayan in it. Okay. Okay. When I think of the Wayan brothers, I think of uh, Sean and Marlon. It wasn't them. It was Damon, aka Major Payne. Oh. Aka okay. uh, the guy from My Wife and Kids. Can't think of his name in My Wife and Kids. But either way, yes. Um, you called it too. Anyone who was on the Discord and the baseball thread saw you. Saw you say it. Eddie Rosario was going to come through for the Braves, and he has been a monster since then. You know what they say about Eddie Rosario in big games. There's nothing more to be said. They could not get him out. He hit well against last night. He hit well again last night. Uh, the Braves in general scorched the ball last night. At least in the first five innings. They kind of a little cool, and I was like, okay, they're going to blow this, but they were smoking the ball the first four innings. Yeah, Um as far as their chances against the Astros go, I felt like going into it, they were going to win it just because they beat the best starting pitching staff in the majors in the divisional series. They then beat the best overall pitching staff in the National League in the championship series. And now they're facing a team that wasn't nearly as good as those two pitching staffs when they had their ace, but they don't have their ace because he has... Forearm issues. Sounds a lot to me like Tommy John, brother Lance McCullers, but that being said... Tommy John on your um, forearm? I thought your Tommy John's on the elbow. I thought it was both. Like, if you have forearm surgery, if you have forearm issues, it seems like it's going to be... Okay. And you're the baseball guy. But that being said, like, it, he's not on the World Series roster. Um, but then the Braves lose Charlie last night, which I thought, you know, sucks because they did have an obvious advantage in the starting rotation. The Astros' bullpen had been kind of shitty all year, but then they were really good against the Red Sox. Apologies to Hank. They kind of shut that Astros' bullpen was really, really good in that series. Now it feels like the Braves are just going to have to outslug them. And then I do feel like the Braves' bullpen is pretty good. So I still think the Braves are going to win, especially now with the game up and home field advantage. Yeah, I mean, like, the thing is, they were, they're going to have to – pitch Kyle Wright a lot at some point, probably Drew Smiley too. Well, you already knew that you were going to have to pitch Wright probably in game four. It's just one game. You got you got game one under your belt last night. You have your ace going tonight. I don't know who's pitching for the Astros. I don't think it really matters because I don't think any of their starting pitchers are that good. Um, they acted like Framber Valdez was this stud because he shut down the Red Sox in one game. Apologies to Hank. But my man from Valdez last night was sweating bullets out there on that mound. My goodness. Shoo. Well, you know, you were already probably pretty nervous, and then, like, the very first swing of the game just gets absolutely fucking rocked. Yeah, this Jorge Soler, who is, like, a just a huge dude, comes up and just hammers one to left field, and then it's just like, oh, boy. It was even funnier because he threw two balls before that, so it wasn't even like a first-pitch ambush. It was like, okay, I'm off, off. Let me throw a fastball here. Let me try to at least get a strike over, and then boom, crushed. Yeah, and uh, 
Obviously, shout out to uh, Brother Charlie for going out there and throwing 16 pitches on a broken fibula. Pretty stout. Some people are literally built different. Pretty stout. Pretty stout. Brother Will Warren, a.k.a. Wife Was With Guy Friends. Can we get some official basketball record predictions? Reminder that there are 31 total games and 18 SEC fixtures. Okay. So the schedule, pretty damn tough. The conference, how do you feel about the conference? Well. Arkansas has been struggling a little bit, right? Like in the preseason stuff? I don't know. I thought we saw, I thought we were discussing that. But either way, keep going. Um. You know, UT Sports puts up a damn ad block on their website, so the basketball schedule is not loading, and it is making me so angry. Just use the ESPN one, bro. The uh, the first, like, five games of the conference schedule are uh, pretty rough. Alabama, at Ole Miss, home for – or, yeah, at Alabama, at Alabama, Ole Miss, at LSU, South Carolina, at Kentucky. So I don't think it's as tough as you're acting. Well, you know, you've got you play like the two other, arguably the two other best teams. Sure, sure, sure. In the conference on the road, and you also have at LSU, who you know we we don't have to talk about Wade and Prick and their history, but it's it's also get Ole Miss and South Carolina at home. So yeah. I mean, if you just go one and two in those one and two, yeah, one and two in those three road games, it's a three and two start. Yeah, if you win one of those, if you win one of those three road games, then you're setting up pretty down the stretch. Right. That's, I'd, I'd be okay with that. I'd be okay with one and two in those, just going three and two to open the first five. I'd be okay with that. I agree. I would too. Um, in terms of the non-conference schedule, I mean, it's it's tough to say. Like At Texas, this is in opposite order. So at Texas, Arizona, neutral side against Memphis, SC Upstate, UNC Greensboro, those are wins. Texas Tech, and I think it one's in New York, right? At Colorado, Presbyterian, Tennessee Tech, Villanova, and then either what, Purdue and North Carolina? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm higher on the team than maybe I should be. I don't know. I feel pretty good about this roster. I'll say we have, what, 31 games? I would say Tennessee is going to go 24-7 and seven would be my number. Yeah. Maybe that means 13-5 in the SEC. Which would mean, you know, you lose two non-conference games. At Texas is going to be tough. I guess that, that's, that's an L right now, right? Like at Texas? Yeah, that's an L. That's an L. So then you just have to beat Memphis. Maybe you lose. Maybe you go 23-8, and eight, I guess. I mean, I don't think you're too high on them because Ken Pomeroy has them number one in the SEC. I think Kenny Chandler is going to be, like, really, really awesome. I'm really excited for Justin Powell, too. Yeah. To have some actual shooting on this team that we haven't had in a while. You know, I mean, what we know about Prick and March, we, it doesn't need to be rehashed, but, like, the team that comes out of this grinder of a schedule is going to be, like, they're going to have seen some shit during, this, during these three, four months that they're playing. So they should be, you know, battle-hardened and tested for March. So, it will be crushing when we lose in the second round. Come on. Come on. <laughs> Come on. That's that's actually the third round now. There's a play-in game now, okay? 
That's right. That's right. That's right. The round of 32. Yeah. Come I on. Say. It's the third round. Oh, I don't even want to think about that. That's pretty impressive. Can't wait to see Blue Moon Vol, like redneck posts about Western Kentucky basketball and Rick Stansberry. Looking forward to that. Do we have time for one more question? Yeah, sure. I got time. Brother Jackie, a.k.a. The Law Dog. <laughs> Who would you trust more against the Kentucky Wildcats if Hooker goes down injured? Big Joe Milton, a.k.a. The Pharmacist, or one of the three walk-on quarterbacks? Okay, first of all, he's not the pharmacist anymore. He's Dr. Death. We have established that. <laughs> that's right. That's, that's right. That's right. I mean, you can't say one of the three walk-on QBs, right? I never want to see Joe Milton play again. Agreed. But I can't trust one of the three walk-ons. My thing is that, like, look, Jimmy Holiday isn't playing any at wide receiver. Basically, all I see him do is be gunner on special teams. What a bust. I would start, like, why don't we, like, try to, like, get him ready just in case. Nobody wants to see Joseph Milton, a.k.a. Dr. Death, play quarterback again. Nobody. Probably not even Milton himself. He doesn't want to play. He definitely doesn't. He's supposed to sit over there and wear his headband. Are we going to beat Kentucky? Yes. What's your level of confidence? 60%. Wow, okay. I'll ask again next but week, but it's pretty good. It's Kentucky. It's Kentucky. That'd be a big win. Andre Woodson's not walking through that door. Neither is. Randall Cobb's not, not, rocking, not walking through that Neither door. Neither is that wide receiver who played quarterback that one time. Lynn Bowden. But they always pronounced no, it No, no, Bowden. that wasn't the one that beat us with Dooley. Oh, yeah, you're right. I don't even remember yeah, his name. I don't remember his name. I remember Lynn Bowden. Lynn Bowden. Who does he play for now or is he out of the league? I want to say he's almost out of the league. He got traded down. I want to say he got traded to Miami, and then they got rid of him or he's hurt or something. He hasn't done anything. Oh, his mom was, like, running that stash house. It was his grandma, I'm pretty sure. Oh, his, or grandma. his grandma's he's house, with the least. Dolphins. He's with the Dolphins. Yeah, he's either hurt or on his way out of the league. I can't – I don't know. All right, Seth, uh, I'm going to go get this edited. My Atlanta Hawks play on ESPN tonight. Got to get ready for that. Call, call. World Series game two. Who do you got, Astros or Braves? Wow, sounds like you're going Astros. Wow. I don't know. Not with Freed, though. Wow. Wow, you got the Braves going up 2-0. I got the Braves winning. Wow. Our baseball expert, Seth Hughes, got, has your Atlanta Braves going up 2-0 in the series. The Braves are riding the dragon. I mean, There's just, been a lot of Braves jokes over the last couple years in the Discord. You boys might have to do some scrubbing if they go up 2-0 in the World Series. I'm not going to delete any of my Braves posts. I have... You can just say the culture change of Big Eddie. That's it. I have put aside my prejudices and... Rooted for the Braves because of the people I love, including my Discord brothers. So, I want the Braves to win because I want the people I love to be happy. How pumped is your dad right now? Uh, You know, very because I bought him and mom tickets to Game 6. Wow, big money. Game 6 in Houston? Uh, 
No, of the of the championship series oh, last weekend. Okay, okay, okay. So they got to go to that. It was a surprise for my dad. Look at you, son of the year. And, uh, you know, they sat on the 11th row right behind Big Eddie, right behind Big Game Eddie. Dad sent me a picture of him. Look at you. When he was out there in the field. Son of the so, year. You buying World Series tickets too? I've been, my mom has like, so my mom, my mom even offered, my mom was like, I'll go with you to Houston if you don't want to pay for the Braves, for the price in Atlanta. And he's like, no, no, too many people. He's just being a boomer. Time so to we've suck been trying. It up. Although I guess he got to see the World Series in the mid-90s at least, right? Did he go to any of those games or at least remember the championship? No, he did not. No, he did not. He does remember, but he didn't go. I've just been, I'm like, Dad, it's the World Series. Just go. He's been working his whole life for this moment. Tell him to go. Time so, to get his ass he at least, there. He at least got to see the the, the World Series clinching. You got win. to see the pennant. You got to win the pennant. So that was that was good. All right, brother Seth. I love you all. I'll talk to you soon. I love you as well. See Later. Right.